Love it. Love it, love it. I'm uh, grateful and thankful to Cassie, all the junior church, Kelly. They do incredible, incredible work with the kids. And I hope you got just a taste of the love and passion they have for um, teaching, teaching God to them. Incredible. So hang on to that thought you just had a minute ago about love and family looks like. We're going to come back to that. Um, I want to tell you what love and my family looked like a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it's love, but it's an interesting story. Uh, I was uh, at, at the store. I was at Safeway, actually, and, and we've recently moved this summer. So we have a house, and there's an alarm system in the house. We haven't really used that much, but um, when, when Cassie called me, I'm at Safeway, and, and I, I answer hello, and it's, wah, 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 you know, the alarm's going crazy. And I hear kids screaming, and it sounds like a war zone. And uh, what's, what's going on? The alarm's going off. Where's the code? And, you know, we hadn't hit the code since we first looked at the place. Don't you have the code? Didn't you keep it? No, I don't have it. The alarm's, the girls are, the girls are crying and the alarm. And, and I said, well, go out and just shut off all the power, you know, just, just, you know, if you're, if you're freaking out, just, just shut off the power to, to stop. And hopefully that'll, that'll, okay, okay, okay. You know, so she calls me back uh, a minute later. Uh, everything's cool. The, the alarm's, I'm in Safeway still. Uh, the alarm's off, you know, everything's, everything's okay. The kids are, the girls are crying. Elijah thinks it's funny. Um, I was like, okay, well, I'll see you, see you in a little bit here. Uh, so I go back to shopping. Uh, I get a call 60 seconds later. I'm turning into the guy that keeps getting cell phone calls at the, at the market. Um, you know, I answer the phone. Hello? What's going on? The alarm's going off again. Well, then you turn off the power. I turn off the power. I don't know what to do. You've got to come home right now. And, uh, you know, okay, I'm coming. I'm, not, I'm still not going to be there for 10 minutes. I'll drive as quickly as I can. You know, so I, I leave Safeway, start heading home. And uh, I decided to just call a minute from the house, you know, and just to see what was going on. And I call, and Cassie said, it's over. It's over. And, and I said, uh, well, what, what happened? What, did, you figure, did you figure out what, what happened? She said, well, Elijah thought everything was funny the whole time, and he was running, Elijah's my five-year-old, uh, he's just running around in the yard, and, and he, kept saying, uh, he kept saying, he kept saying, I'm calling the police, you know, I'm going to call the police, they're going to come help. And, uh, and Cassie noticed he had something in his hand, okay? He's, he's got some, what, what do you have in your hand? Well, he's got some little, you know, thing, he's pressing a button, okay? So he somehow found, we didn't even know he had it, in some drawer he found a remote to the alarm system, you know, <laughs> press, press, press the red button, it, it goes on, you know, press the blue button, it turns off, so Elijah, he was just turning it on, turning it off, you know, he thought it was funny, um, yeah, he didn't know, he didn't know it, we weren't supposed to be doing it, so, uh, anyway, really, really funny stuff, that's love in our family, well, Today, we're just going to briefly talk about um, how God would like to extend and maybe challenge our vision in two areas, the area of neighbor and family. I'm going to come back to family. I'm going to share a bit about my own life, my own context, I guess, and eventually I want to tie that back into Ruth and Jesus and then see what that might mean for us collectively. All right? Sound good? Um, We did recently move, like I said, and so much of moving to a new place is really fun and exciting and uh, having a home is, uh, it's just, it's a privilege. And uh, as much as it's fun and we have new stories and different things to talk about and places to send our kids to play when we get tired of them and all this, it is a privilege to have this new house. And part of us moving together, I think Cassie and I simply wanted to ask the question, how would God use this house? You know, how can we be open with it, um, with others? How can it be a part of what we, how we demonstrate our faith? 
because um, we feel blessed to even have a house at all, period. Um, so, you know, one simple way, uh, we just wanted to have people over, right? We wanted to, we wanted to open up our house. Um, I'm not boasting, trust me. I'm telling you this, I'm going to lose all my treasure in heaven anyway. But in the last month, you know, we've opened our house, I think, over a dozen times, you know, which for some of you probably sounds like a lot. For some of you, sounds like, you know, not very much. Maybe you do it every, every night of the week, you have people over. But we wanted to be intentional about we're going to open our house to others, to our friends and have uh, people over. We wanted to consider what it would mean to be uh, the love of neighbor, what that would look like. Uh, it reminds me of the Elmores. If you know the Elmore, the Elmores, their daughter Kelsey was singing this morning, and I don't know if they still do this, but they used to, they used to just have people over all the time. It seemed like every night of the week they were just having a feast for somebody. They were incredible. Uh, I'm sure they still are practicing neighborliness, you know, to people they knew well and didn't know well. Uh, and I think we wanted to do that when we moved. I guess with God there's, and, and with our faith, there's always a new spin. You know, God wants to, like I said, extend our vision of what it means to be a neighbor. So I was reading, reading something, and I was uh, Mother Teresa. You, know, never, you always get in trouble reading Mother Teresa because you're, you're going to have to do something. And, and she said, what did I read? It said, how can I love my neighbor if I don't know who my neighbor is? And uh, I said, darn it, I wish I hadn't read that, you know, because I was just inviting over people I know and my friends and stuff, but now I'm going to have to, you know, because we moved in, no one threw a neighbor party for us, which was fine, like welcome to the neighborhood. So we said, well, why don't we throw a welcome ourselves to the neighborhood party? Um, <laughs> it was kind of a joke, but we said, let's be intentional about getting to know people in our community, right? Um, and so I tell all this to tell you that God wants to expand my, my vision in this area, you know. He wants to give me new eyes to see what the meaning of loving your neighbor could, could actually, how it could actually play out. In my home, I have the opportunity of expanding community like Jesus by opening the door to an expanding, you know, cast of characters. You know, then the next week I read, you know, don't just throw, what, what does Jesus say? Don't just throw a party for your for your uh, rich friends, but invite the poor and the, and the lame. And I was like, uh, gosh, do I have to do this next? You know, there's always, there's always a new way to be challenged, right? And I guess that's the point and why I start with that illustration of, of neighborliness. That's one area I wanted to be intentional, and I'm hoping that God is stretching me there. So that's neighbor. That's one way that plays out. And I want to move now back to today, family day, the idea of family. And I also want to move back to the book of Ruth for a second where I hope we'll see our vision and idea of family challenged as well. So Cassie shared incredibly the first bit of the book of Ruth, and I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with this story. And really the message in the book of Ruth, it reminds us, one thing it reminds us of is the power of family and the bond of love, right? And in, in an incredibly beautiful way, I, I read a, a scholar, Stephen Harris, wrote this, uh, and I thought this was well put, of just a picture of the book. He said this, he said, Ruth, who suffers painful losses... Her husband, family, and social identity quietly builds a relationship with Yahweh, with God, through the people and events he brings into her life. And let's, let's remember, Cassie pointed it out, but Ruth wasn't part of the family, right? Okay? She wasn't part of the, the family. She was, she was a Moabite, which is a fun biblical word. She was a Moabite. She was from Moab. Not the Moab we know, but the original Moab. Um, and, you know, Moabites, traditionally, biblically, they were regarded as enemies to Israel. Okay, so we have to start with, with this understanding, right? 
And not only that, as a Moabite, she's a foreigner. And we have, we have a lot of biblical writers and places where we see kind of a condemning of, of reaching out to foreigners, especially marrying of, of foreigners. So she's got a lot working against her. Um, added to the fact of everything that Cassie pointed out with the family situation there with Naomi. So, but God is ready to expand our vision of family through uh, Ruth's faithfulness and eventually through Boaz, another great biblical name, through Boaz's love. And I don't have time to paint this whole picture in the story, but uh, it, to briefly, briefly summarize, if you remember Boaz, do we remember Boaz? Right? Once they, once they moved, he had this distant relationship to Naomi. Right? We know Na- Naomi, Ruth's, Ruth's mother-in-law. And Boaz moves nobly, makes a noble move, you know, after some advances from Ruth. He makes a noble move to marry her, right? Despite her baggage. And I think we'd say, well, what, what was her baggage? Well, all the things we just talked about, I mean, I mean, think about what a demonstration of love and faith. We have a foreigner, an enemy of Israel. We have a widow. We kind of learned about kind of the culture of widows then. Um, we have a woman. We understand women's place in society then. And we have an impoverished woman. You know, it's like, okay, ten strikes, you're out. You know, she doesn't really have a lot going for her. But in a beautiful twist and in a beautiful stretch with God's imagination of what family is, Boaz marries her. He He's the kinsman redeemer, if you, if you know that, what that's all about. And, and we have a picture at the end of the book of Ruth, an entire shifting of events, when eventually we have the elders, you know, crying out in the end of Ruth, that, that, that she will be like Rachel and Leah, who together built the house of Israel. Now, now think about that. Think about where we just understood Ruth to have come, come from and consider the significance of what they're saying, their inclusion of her in the family of God how strong it is. I mean, Rachel and Leah, those are, that's big time right there. You know, Ruth just came out of Moab and the elders are including her in this. This is, this is a big thing. So I guess I would say that the book of Ruth, it affirms a picture of family, but even, even a picture of God's family, that it transcends class, circumstance, and even in this case, blood. And that's a pretty big deal. I want you to open, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Mark 3, um, starting in verse 31 is where we're going to go. I want to just switch gears here in the last few minutes to talk about Jesus. And what would Jesus say or contribute to this conversation? Because he would probably say a lot, but we're going to kind of pick out one area where, where maybe Jesus, too, would like to extend our spiritual sight in this area. We're going to go ahead and read in Mark 3 starting in 31. It says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived, and standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? He asked. Trick question, Jesus? What's going on here? 34. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him, and he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Interesting passage. We're just going to explore it here for minutes. Consider what's going on in Jesus' ministry right now. One big thing we have is we have crowds around, right? Jesus is engaged with a lot of people. He wasn't just hanging out with family. And so now we have just a quick snapshot here of Jesus' mother and brothers arrive. They sent someone to call him. There's a crowd. Your mother and brothers are outside, but who are my mother and brothers? And Jesus is offering this interesting suggestion, maybe, on family Amidst the great crowds, he says this, My mother and brothers, my family, 
are those who do God's will. So at first glance, we read this, and uh, there's other places where Jesus talks about family. And we, at first, we might say, this is kind of a rude dismissal. Like, what's going on here? What's going on, Jesus? Like, is that how you treat your family? Like, yeah, we're, we were family, but now we're all family. You know, is that, is that what's going on here? Um, it might seem like a rude dismissal of blood relatives, but maybe instead it's an extension of love and a key lesson. Consider Jesus' statement like this. Could he be saying that the love shown and given in a family must now reach out its arms and be shown to all who love and pursue God? Consider it in light of that. And like I said, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot could be said about this. We could spend a lot of time here. But on a basic level for us here, I think there's a simple mandate, and that is this. Those of us who claim to follow God are now to be like family. Right? So you got tricked. You thought it was Family Sunday like me and my, me and my family. But it's Family Sunday. It's like all of us, Family Sunday. It's like the Teresa quote, Mother Teresa quote I read about neighbor. We might say, darn it, I wish I didn't read that. That's kind of what happens with Jesus sometimes. You know, that's a lot of times what the disciples are saying. I wish he hadn't shown us that or said that or demonstrated that. Because now we have to reconsider what, what it all means. And some of us might be saying, I don't have a good picture of family, so you telling me like I have to treat like this is family now, it doesn't help. And some of you might be saying, well, gosh, it's, uh, it's hard enough for me to love my, my blood relatives. I mean, now I have to love everybody here? Jeez, like that's crazy. People at church? Okay, that's not my family. Uh, and maybe it is crazy, but it still seems to be a suggestion that it's our call. I'm going to leave you with just a few quick reinforcements of this idea from the word and maybe a question of action for us. Timothy, we have this in other places in the New Testament, the idea of what the church could be, God's family. Timothy reminds us, think of this scripture in a new light now. Timothy reminded, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially his immediate family, he has denied the faith. He's worse than an unbeliever. Now, of course, yes, he is talking about immediate family, Timothy is. But now consider that in light of what Jesus gives us, and you say, wow, the care we're supposed to have for each other is, is big, it is large. Or Paul. We have Paul, right? And Paul uses a lot of analogies or pictures to paint the church uh, other than family. And one of his favorite ones is this one about uh, that we are like a body. And just one thought Paul gives us in Romans, he says that in Christ, we, are, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. You know, let that chew on that for a minute. Each, each member belongs to all the others. We have, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. I mean, that would be a hard one to practice in your family. Like, guys, we belong, we belong to each other, right? You ever have a family meeting? We belong to each other, okay? So let's, let's act that way. We belong to each other. So to do that in this context, even a taller order. So earlier you were considering your family, right? And the question was, love and family looks like what or means what? And, and you were thinking of an example. But I, would, I, I want to extend that question. To close, love and family, meaning the body of Christ, love in the church family that we've been given means what? You know, and means how? <laughs> how does that love look like it does? How is it played out? It's a big question. And it's one you have to think and consider and chew on, just like Cassie had our kids kind of chew on the story and consider wonder what does this mean what do, how do we how do we work through this we have to do the same and I, and I pose it to all of us because how that is played out how we actually look like family that God would want us to be 
that's not the job of a few to figure out, you know, the few, the leaders, the professional clergy or whoever it may be, but that's a task for all of us, you know. We each have a, a part to play. The song we sing, uh, we are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord, and they'll know we're Christians by our love. Uh, we are family, and the measure of that family in God's eyes would be the love in Christ we have one for, 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 for one another. Do you hope and dream for your family? You know, and, and th- th- this relates to all of us. You might say, I, "I'm not, I, I'm not a parent. I'm just, I'm just in college. I'm just hanging out. Um, uh, I don't have kids yet, so this doesn't relate to me." Or, "I don't have a relation to my family." Well, we've broadened this definition now to say all of us. But did you, did you have hopes and dreams for your immediate family? And I would say, do you have hopes and dreams for your this family here? I guess we could expand and say all those who are followers of Christ, but let's say here. You know, I'm the same in that it's easy for me to be passive in church and I would love, like someone else to give me a vision and a plan and maybe an assignment. And that's good and I think sometimes we need that. But we all have to hope and dream and we all have to engage in what that looks like. Young and old. I, I recently read seven ideas that one church community had. These are kind of general words but that they used as, as a measure of the hopes and dreams they had for their, their family, their church family. And they use the word service and simplicity, creativity, obedience, prayer, true community, and love. Those are big concepts, and we don't have time to unpack them here, and I hope you're unpacking them together and understanding what they look like together in classes and the groups that you participate in. What will this family look like? What will this family here be known by? Great questions. I'll just close with this. Last week I saw a guy, Clem. Some of you know Clem? All-star, Clem. I think we should have a picture of Clem when you come to the church. Clem, Clem was here years ago, incredible man, and he, he's been in South Dakota for years. He must be in his mid-80s. Is that, is that accurate? He lives in South Dakota, and he, he drove down here, you know, pretty much just to be, and he was here every night. He was here for a week, every night, you know. And, and, and he, I wanted to see my buds. I wanted to see my friends. And he, he's an incredible man. I could tell you all about them. But uh, I was leaving church, and I had to go fill up my tires on the way home last week. And who pulls up behind me? Clem. Uh, to fill up his tires, because he's on his way back home to uh, South Dakota, uh, you know, driving the roads, by, driving the highways by himself, wanting to fill up. And, he, and I said, Clem, it's amazing you came out here. And he said, you know, it's been years, but it still feels like family. You know? There's such a sense of family. And I just thought that was powerful um, to hear him talk about that in his life. And I, I hope we could each say that. It doesn't, that's not some idealistic picture um, because family's tough. Family's hard, you know. Family, there's different personalities and people in any family. And we have that here. So, But that's a picture of uh, maybe how God wants to extend our vision there. So thanks. I know we ran a little bit over, but I hope it was worth it to include the kids today. I uh, thought it was really exciting. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we have community and a place with one another. Um, that is a gift of you that we shouldn't take for granted. So many do not have. We read the story of Ruth and we say, how? I mean, the kids are saying, how could this happen? But the reality is, is that many people know similar suffering today. Um, even here. What does family look like here, God? I pray we would take the cues that you give us in your word to expand our thought and idea of what it would mean to love one another, to serve one another, to belong to one another, and to be a family of God that represents your love each and every day. God, we love you, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Great having you.
Have a wonderful Sunday.